One of the very concerning problems I and many of my peoples who also facilitate across the country have encountered is that so many leaders of nonprofits, grassroots org, movement orgs, schools, elected officials, etc., 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 have such a profound lack of imagination. The ability to dream and vision beyond what we have now is something that must be fostered and fought for. More of the younger folks in my experience are still in touch with their imagination, despite a system that's built to destroy them. But we all, we must all do the work. White supremacy works by telling you that you are not even allowed to imagine a better world. Deprogram. Imagine, imagine, imagine. Another world is possible. This is a quote from Iraq Arroyo Montano. Um, who is, uh, I was introduced, um, to, uh, his work through my good friend, Nora, who shared the information about the, uh, four eyes of oppression, which is something that I share, um, in workshop, I'm not going to say workshops. Well, in both of the workshops that I've done, I I've shared that, to frame the conversation of astrology around uh, oppression and, and utilizing it as an opportunity to dismantle it. I felt the need to start this week's episode with this quote, which is from um, his Facebook, <laughs> a Facebook post that he shared, uh, because we've just came off of a, about a month of some really intense Neptune shit. Um, and so I feel like it's really important to start this conversation by talking so much about imagination, uh, talking about delusion, because that is the space that we are emerging from. So I do apologize for the delay (laughs) in appearing. I did record an episode for the, uh, eclipse, believe it or not. I didn't feel like publishing it. It's been a really difficult couple of weeks I'm pretty sure as we all know and so I've just you know been in a really odd place emotionally and also been thrust into action as well in a number of ways and it's it's really exhausting I feel like I'm at a space in which I'm like wow I feel really fucking exhausted and all of this is really 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 hard what the fuck? I think it's important to start talking about what we just experienced last week, which is, which is the Mars um, the Mars Neptune conjunction. So much about that aspect is unfortunately because we have not collectively understood how to consciously use the planetary consciousness that is Neptune in a way that is aligned with the highest good of all of us. So, so much of the way that we see Neptune express itself in our world is through anxiety, 
through delusion, um, intentional deception, and so much of what we've seen over the last couple of weeks has been like, be careful with what you're doing. Be careful with what you're doing. Who are you listening to? Who are you talking to? Whose information are you sharing? Where are you getting your information? Because a lot of what we have experienced the last couple of weeks has been centered around lies. Um, we have literally witnessed in real time a movement uh, be co-opted by the mainstream media and the then subsequent use of people and social media to deter us and move us away from the actual reasoning behind this movement. While George Floyd's death was a catalyst for this moment that we are experiencing right now, justice for George is not endgame. Endgame is liberation. And a lot of people came into this not knowing that endgame is liberation and not knowing what that means. So of course, being that we've been in a Mercury retrograde shadow period, there will be this time over the next couple of months in which we experience all of this, not in a literal sense, but in a, you know, in a archetypal way, we experience this again because we didn't understand, right? So we've watched in real time, I'll speak for where I live, and I'm pretty sure people across this country have a very similar story. Muriel Bowser has a track record with anti-blackness. She has been such a driving force in the gentrification of Washington, D.C. She has been a driving force in the underfunded schools in Ward 8 and 7. Thousands and thousands of people without affordable housing, mind you, Within the last two years, she has decided that we will no longer build public housing in Washington, D.C., even though there are thousands and thousands of Washingtonians that cannot afford to have a place to live and will be displaced to PG County. And then ultimately probably be pushed out of there as well because PG County is next on the list for gentrification. We see it right now. We see it right now. There are two grocery stores in Ward 8. Two. Where, and there are well over, I think, uh, over 100,000 people there, right? And in Ward 3, I believe, there are about eight grocery stores serving even less people. I think eight is a, I, it has been a long time since I've been in the nonprofit industry um, and did uh, this type of work. But I just, the, the numbers are, are disgusting. And working 
with black children in DC public schools and watching how they have been failed to then put Black Lives Matter in the middle of a road um, and change the sign to Black Lives Matter Boulevard, whatever it was called, the performative bullshit to go onto national television and tell people that to defund the police means police reform when for years, years, activists have been at city council every single year that there is a budget hearing demanding that you defund the police department. For then people to post that abolish the police does not mean abolish the police when it 1,000% means abolish the fucking police. We are in a time in which a movement is being co-opted right in front of our fucking eyes. And when we're having these conversations about abolishing the police as if it's this brand new idea, it is not. It's not. When we are talking about liberation, We are met with fear because you haven't been taught to imagine. So that is how I would describe in real time what Mars conjunct Neptune looks like. It also looks like posting black squares and erasing so much work that kept people safe. It looks like going to protests without knowing who's organizing them. It looks like giving money to white-led organizations that are not on the ground doing this work. It looks like minimizing the work of black women and femmes who have been doing this shit for years and years and years, longer than the time that you have realized that racism has existed, which has been, what, at this point, we're at three weeks. Congratulations, welcome to the club. That is Mars conjunct Neptune. That is how we have consciously used that energy. But I also want to talk about how the other way that we have used this energy. So many people are using their voice, are acting in alignment with the desire to imagine a better future. We are daring that Mars energy to have these really difficult conversations. We are daring to make people think differently. We are challenging people to have more compassion and understanding. And I think that's the really beautiful thing about why all of this has started when Mars is in Pisces. Mars in Pisces absolutely hates when people are being robbed of their humanity and when we do not extend compassion and unconditional love to one another. So that's why we can see that this is a time to imagine a policeless future. It's a time to imagine a prison-free world to imagine justice as not just punitive justice, but of 
transformative justice and healing justice. What would it look like to be in a world that is free of white supremacy and all the subsequent forms of oppression that exist because of it? What would that look like? Just think about that for a little bit, you know? It's hard. It's really, really hard because we've been taught that our imagination is fucking trash or that it's fake, you know? I was talking to uh, Ember of Ember Small Astrology um, about our relationship to imagination is so deeply colonized. We are taught that to have dreams, right? This is language that is used, but dreams in the very kind of literal way that dreams exist, like the dream state, is taught that it has no meaning, right? So we use these words that describe and connect us to spiritual and, well, psycho-spiritual understanding and, and framing of life, but then we are also disconnected from them, right? I will say this, this is an opinion of mine, but I feel like in so many ways, the way that the Western world has made its attempts to separate spirituality um, from every other aspect of life has really made us disconnect from how humanity um, informs our politic, right? We can say things like it's just politics, you know, it's just an opinion, but opinions that are grounded in systems and structures that cause people harm are not just fucking opinions, you know? Um, and it makes it very difficult to make people understand or see that. But in some instances, we also have a hard time believing it ourselves, right? So, you know, I, I do invite you in some way or another to, to foster your sense of imagination. We are, and I hate this word, but I'm going to use it anyway. We are at what is called the cusp of magic. We are in this moment in which we are moving from Gemini season to cancer season. I love cancer season so much. It, it, it's one of those seasons that just, uh, the most deep and intense profound shifts for me happen, um, in cancer and Leo season. So it's always a, a time that I'm excited for. And it's like always scary, but it's always like beautiful. Um, we have, whew, a busy couple of weeks. We are gonna talk about everything up until the 25th, which is next week, which is when Venus goes direct, yay! And then, um, well, I'm not, gonna, I'm not gonna go there. We'll just talk about that when we get there. So, starting with, again, coming down from this delusion um, this Neptunian delusion, and we get to move into a space 
within the next week or so where we will get to see those delusions for what they are. I Neptune retrograde is my favorite retrograde because it's when the veil is lifted. You know, I think there is a particular veil that has been lifted, but even underneath that veil are also more veils. So we have to lift all those veils too, which we will see over the next couple of months. And it's going to be great. To me, it's going to be great. To a lot of people, it's going to be upsetting. But, you know, we'll get there. So starting on the 18th, we have a couple of different things. I think namely that that is the day that Mercury is going to go retrograde um, in Cancer. Ella Baker, um, one of the questions that she used um, when she met people uh, is... Who are your people? And I feel like that is our question for cancer season. And to take it a step further of being able to explore who our people are, it's worth exploring it through the lens of uh, Mercury. So the question is, who are your people? And what is your ancestral past? So the question, who are your people, is going to create a lot of different answers for you. But I would encourage you to answer that question for yourself in the lens of ancestry um, and also the people that you surround yourself with, right? Thinking about how your ancestral past, because the Cancer archetype has so much to do with tradition in the sense of this is who I come from. This is where we come from. It's worth exploring. And it's not even just that you're going to explore the the parts of your ancestry that make you comfortable. It's also exploring the parts of your ancestry that make you very uncomfortable Because then we take it the step further of saying, how does that ancestral past impact your thinking, your attitudes and ideals? So it's important to put something in perspective, right? Our lens through which we view the future and what's possible is definitely very dependent on our ancestry and the ways in which they survived. Um, in which people around us survived um, or, yeah, (laughs) how our ancestors survived. Someone who, I don't know, has South American family or maybe even family from Eastern Europe uh, may be very off-put by the emergence of leftist movements in the United States because of the history um, and experience of communism, right? People who are of African descent and are the descendants of enslaved Africans in particular will may imagine a future that is vastly different from what they see now because of the systems and structures and frameworks that their family um, 
and ancestors were were raised in. And so, you know, we're at that moment right now where people see that, you know, someone who has Jewish heritage um, may fear uh, very deeply the idea of, I don't know, um, fascism because of the uh, ancestral memory, the collective memory associated with um, the emergence of very extremist, nationalist, fascist government, right? So we are at a time in which we are at the convergence of all of those different ancestries, right? And how they interact with one another to create the future. The relationship between Cancer and Aquarius is that they are in aversion to one another. So your ancestry in some way or another impacts the possibility of the future. It's the knowing of the how, right? It's being able to see where the spaces that are uncomfortable and the spaces that we have to kind of lean into or be a little more cautious with as we are actively creating the future. So it's a season where it's a little bit difficult, right? So we moved from this season in which we're being flooded <laughs> with information. There is literally information overload that we are experiencing um, leaving Gemini season, right? We're, you know, as the tweet has said, like we went from learning how to make banana bread to I've heard this repeated like seven times in the last two weeks, making banana bread to learning how to like dismantle systems, right? So it's like um, you, the learning curve is very, very steep, right? But then it's to be able to understand that with that learning curve, then is the need to examine your own personal framework and how that relates to one, the information that you're learning and to the future that you're creating. So it's hard. So it also is about where we have misspoken or been pressured to say or think certain ideas to stay emotionally safe. So the thing about, and I will again, will credit um, Ember Small in talking about cancer being so much about emotional resilience and it's being able to understand for ourselves that we do need to really build our emotional resilience because what we feel can really drive the things that we're thinking, the things that we're saying, our mental health and well-being. So this Mercury retrograde is really going to be about realizing how the emotional body and mental bodies of existence coexist with one another and how they feed off of one another in a very personal sense, right? In terms of what you are feeling right now, but also in terms of what you're feeling through your ancestry. So this is also gonna be a really great time to connect with your ancestors as well. I would say that some of the things that you can do are, you know, forming, creating your, your family tree, um, and really asking questions about who are, who are your people, 
really know who they are and being able to think in the context of the time that they existed in, what did they or did they not do? Because that will also put in perspective for you what you need to be doing now. Right? I'm pretty sure we all have a thousand and one stories. I think it's it's such a karmic time that we're coming up into where we have an opportunity to move in a very completely different direction than our ancestors did or to get back in alignment with the direction that our ancestors were pushing in ourselves in, right? So it's very difficult. So to look at the Chandra symbol, um, you know, none of what I said sounded easy because it's not going to be <laughs> um, at 15 degrees cancer in a sumptuous dining hall. Guests relax after partaking of a huge banquet. The need that exists at the early stage of human growth to materialize the concept of fulfillment. Interesting. This may be considered a curious symbolic scene following the proceeding for it pictures a scene of fulfillment consciously or unconsciously only in terms reminiscent of the what the fuck was that the mohammedan picture of paradise a place filled with the good things earthly life provided only more sparsely it may also be that the symbol is a reference to the fact that what in European countries is seen rather broadly and spiritually as plentitude of being is usually related in the United States to the idea of plenty. We are hypnotized today by the ideal of physical abundance. Perhaps physical abundance is less mind haunting than deprivation. And there may be times, there may be at times be a need to turn to superficial things for self-strengthening. This is the via negativa, negative way, already mentioned. Through satiety, a person learns to appreciate and desire asceticism. After months of boredom, the modern teenager in an ultra-modern progressive school is often ready to accept disciplined work. That's very interesting because that makes me think about how we're emerging way too soon um, from, you know, this lockdown quarantine period. And it also makes me think about how much of existing and surviving in that space for us was centered around what we can consume. Um, It does not, I, I can't forget that, you know, 40, $434 billion were made by, um, by uh, businesses during this time of this quarantine. It's because we were consuming, right? And we were consuming because there is this obsession with needing to have and that being the, the sense of fulfillment that we seek. And it also is why it's very difficult to imagine because a part of that process is especially when it comes to liberation, is stripping away so many of the things that we find familiar and that we used to represent abundance for us. To feel like we have access to and can do and can receive whatever it is that we want. But it's being able to realize that that is not 
actually the case. And that is not actually true. And that is not what is actually fulfilling. And so it's even in this moment, our current physical reality is very hard for us to shake because it requires us to give up so much that made us feel um, or operate in this artificial sense of fulfillment. You know, going back to what I was saying about what is in your ancestry and within the collective memory of your people will also make you feel like, hey, like I got what I needed. Like what, what more do you need me to get rid of? You can imagine for someone who is a part of an immigrant family that's moving here to make a better life for themselves and then living and existing in a place where there are citizens who are like, fuck this, we want to tear this shit down, right? It, it adds a, a layer to understanding the complexity of the variety of experiences that we have in this toss salad <laughs> that is America and, and how that makes it so difficult for us to get on one accord, but also makes the imagining process very difficult. But a part of imagining is being able to see where the space for all of those people can be made, right? So who needs to be fulfilled and who is the determiner of plenty in imagining this future that will allow us to all be free? This is the last of the five symbols in the 21st sequence. It ends this part of the quest for individuality and the process of decision-making on a note which indicates a phase of only temporary fulfillment. The darkness in the Northeast may have been too much for the consciousness at this stage of the great cycle. The mind yearns to translate what is seen in purely physical terms. This is perhaps the keynote of American life the materialization of the spiritual. So we're moving from a space in which we want to see the future, right? Again, this idea of imagining and how limiting imagining can be because we can't, they're just ideals and dreams. They arrive when they do. One of the things to understand about the variety of dimensions of existence is that the spiritual realm um, or astral realm, which you are in as you're sleeping, is actually real time. Pay attention. The astral realm and the spiritual realm is actually real time. In the physical world, what we're experiencing right now, or, you know, in the relativity of time, woo! crazy um in the way that we perceive time you know this is happening right now but like also this has already happened right and you think about in the the higher sense of things we often are so excited for the physical manifestation of something and that is where we gain our sense of fulfillment but we have to honestly be able to cultivate for ourselves a sense of fulfillment that expands beyond what we are physically receiving. And I say this in this way, and I think one of the, it's really amazing and beautiful when you share somebody's work um, just because you saw it and then like you end up referencing their work 
And then you realize that you were sharing their work on your social media. And it's like, oh my gosh. Um, fuck. And I'm still not prepared to share it with you. I, I would encourage you to listen to um, the end of the world, how to survive the end of the world podcast episode. Uh, let me find it. A breathing chorus with Alexis Pauline Gums. For those of you who have seen those posts that I've shared, both on my Facebook and my Instagram, um, about Harriet Tubman and how she selected <laughs> her white friends. <laughs> um, I did not know that the person who authored that was the same person whose podcast episode I was going to tell you to listen to. She talks so much about how Harriet Tubman um, and so many other of our amazing ancestors have a, a vision and are able to imagine the future, but have this understanding that there is only a certain amount of things that are within their control to do in this moment that will facilitate the possibility of that future. The reason that she was able to say that she is free and speak to the liberation of her people, despite being someone who had to liberate herself in a time in which law had told her that she was not free, is because she had to see and imagine on an entirely different level that in the future there is liberation, right? So when our guides and ancestors are working to in alignment with this plan that they've created for us, that's what they're doing. They're like, okay, I let's use like a mundane example. One day, Imani will own a car, right? Imani may not have a car right now, but she will have a car one day, right? Speaking that possibility into action or into existence, you know? We talked about this in the last episode about creating timelines with the words that you have, right? But you have to be really very specific one about what timelines you are creating and you have to believe that shit and then you have to put forth actions that make that reality possible and that goes into mars which is sextile pluto um on that same day so it is an opportunity to take action towards survival to go back to the quote that I used on the last episode when we were talking about the tree, the tree roots and how they made it into the, the stream and how they had to survive to get there. Here is your opportunity to do that. We can again think about our ancestors and what things that they had to do to ensure survival. Find those narratives and stories in your family line it will tell you something about how you are able to push and how you are able to make meaning of the things that you do now that may seem a little bit mundane, but ultimately are make or break decisions for the survival of your people and for the future liberation of your people as well. The thing about, again, Mars and Pisces is that it absolutely hates and abhors when the underdog 
is being taken advantage of or when one's kindness and compassion is taken for granted. When one's ability to extend compassion and unconditional love is taken for granted. So there is this opportunity for us to explore and uncover rage. I talked about back in April with the Jupiter-Pluto conjunction of being able to explore what has been buried. What has been buried is a lot of fucking anger. And so I feel like during this week, we will continue to see people be and react and share from a space of anger. For a number of reasons. And it's an anger that is, again, centered around power structures that are not sustainable for our existence. And so it's this unstoppable willpower and drive that we have an opportunity to tap into, right? Mars, um, Pluto aspects are really amazing when we are feeling motivated and determined to get shit done. So this is definitely a weekend in which you can use all of that rage and pent up energy. And even if, you know, if you're feeling horny, that also is another strong feeling that may be emerging and you need to put it towards something meaningful. It's a great weekend to create. It's a great weekend for art as activism. It's a really great weekend to get engaged with people and movements around you. It's a really great weekend um, for you to call people out when they are abusing their power or taking advantage of people with their power. So that's also something to look out for as well. On the 19th, we are approaching the final um, hours of Gemini season, and we will experience the first, first, oh my gosh, the first, <laughs> I do not know where that came from, the first um, conjunction of the sun and the north. <laughs> oh my gosh, I am cackling right now. That was very odd. Anyway, the first conjunction between the sun and the north node. <laughs> so this will be Again, a very activating time. You know, they say that the 29th degree of the sign is more like the sign than all the other uh, degrees in the middle, right? So it is this culmination of information and energy that is information and learning and teaching and sharing of information and message sharing um, and skill sharing that will provide an opportunity for us to see for ourselves a path towards developing um, a version of ourselves that is prepared uh, through the variety of sources, um, teachers, 
and messengers um, to put forth information into the world that will ultimately help to create this new world that we are actively building together. It is a time to feel really activated to become in a very, um, I guess, forward-facing member of your community because the North Node in Gemini is so much about community. It's an opportunity to gain a sense of vitality from what it is that you learn from being a part of your neighborhood and the people that are around you from being able to be willing to make mistakes and step on toes. I think it's it's this real as step on toes and not like in a a bad way, but in a like I'm learning kind of way, right? So it's a it's a good time I think to feel like wow, like this is important. I feel like I can do something. This moment what I'm experiencing is very um activating. Uh, I can do something for my community. I think it's important to note that that is day is Juneteenth. So it's definitely a really great day to reconnect again when we're talking about um, the Mercury in Cancer piece, reconnecting with your people through words, through conversations that you're having with people, um, through the thoughts that are crossing by, through what you're feeling, Um it, it, it will be a, a very emotionally intense day um, because Mercury will be retrograde in Cancer. Um, and we're in, sitting in the gateway of the eclipse. And so it will feel like we are on the verge of something because ultimately we are. We have a solar eclipse coming up a couple days after. I'm going to take a break. When I get back, we're going to talk about the sun and cancer, what cancer season is about. We're going to talk about the solar eclipse, and then we're going to talk about Venus going direct. Then we're going to talk about the funnest part of that day, which is a yod, which will be very exciting. Hey there. You're listening to the Movement Workers Guide to Astrology to help support the production of this podcast and its creator, yours truly. I invite you to make a sustaining donation to my PayPal or book a reading. All proceeds go towards equipment, software, and an occasional workshop to enhance your listening experience. All of that information can be found in the description box. Thanks for listening. Okay. I'm back. Um, cancer season. Well, let me say this. So one of the other aspects that's happening before cancer season starts is Mars sextile Jupiter. So it definitely is another energy in which we have um, the opportunity to fight for what we believe. Um, We have the opportunity to, you know, it's an energy that can kind of get us in trouble. It's very... um, consumption based um it also is one in which we have to make sure that we're not moving and operating in ways that are um dogmatic 
um, or are centered around controlling people when we think that we're trying to expand people's beliefs. Um, it's a, it's definitely an energy in which sometimes we'll find that we have to meet people where they are. Um, or in some instances that you need to leave people behind, right? Um, it's being able to understand that there is a, a, a different, um, and very broad direction to kind of explore, um, and to, become very resourceful a way of about the ways that we move towards um, growing and expanding what we do um, in uh, relation to again the ultimate goal which is liberation so it's a, the, the weekend, it, it, you will likely feel very inspired um, or have an opportunity to tap into energy that is very inspired and taking inspired action and feeling very optimistic about the direction that you're moving into and some of the short-term goals that you are um, creating um, and, and being a part of to facilitate greater change especially within your community again it is a matter of being careful of not getting too burnt out because again there's so much that's happening it will be very easy to kind of get pulled along for the ride and the adventure and let me just tell you next weekend Mars is going to be in Aries, so you're going to want to keep going, and you're going to going to want to keep going and going and going and going and going and going. Okay, so definitely think about the ways that you can practically to ensure your longevity in this movement um, and in the work that you do on yourself and other people. Um, be very careful and and mindful about that. It definitely is important to fight for what you believe, but everyone has a limit. I think it's very important to understand that, again, Mars is in Pisces. So even though we may feel very inspired um, because of the compassion that we feel for other people and the way that that activates us, it it is a bit of a lethargic kind of energy and it can be very easy to kind of meander and get caught up in um, doing lots of things uh, that are exhausting our energy. And it's also very easy to carry a lot of what other people are feeling and using that to move you. So I think it's a, it's a great time to, for yourself, reestablish the boundaries that you need um, to continue to keep up the momentum that you feel or are kind of being carried with at this time. So sun and cancer. I And I feel like I've probably mentioned this before. The sun, uh, I mean, cancer is, of course, the chest, and it's also the rib cage. And when we think about the rib cage, um, within the body, it protects our heart, um, 
It protects our heart. It protects our lungs. It protects um, the stomach, I think, <laughs> the liver, um, all of these organs that are very crucial and critical to our survival. The rib cage is very, very important for protecting our ability to breathe and ultimately our ability to live, protecting our heart um, and ultimately our ability to love um, and to remain in alignment um, with that which is truly ours and our own very special essence um, and embodiment of God consciousness. So the rib cage, the chest, is is so important. It kind of forms like a hug around all of those other pieces of us. And we kind of kind of think about, I think if, for those of you who remember when I shared um, the story of um, the mouse hole cat, um, which is a story that takes place in Cornwall in England. And in Cornwall, you know, it's right on the coast. Uh, for those who don't know, I lived in Cornwall um, when I was a young one. Um, my dad was in the military and we were stationed in, um, stationed in England. And so we lived in Cornwall. And so, you know, there is this giant stone wall in the ocean to protect the city, um, town, whatever, um, from, from the ocean. And so it lets, um, boats and, and ships in and out of the harbor, um, clearly by, you know, opening the gates. Right. And so we are both this wall and the ocean, uh, in cancer season. And it's very important in having, again, emotional resilience because we're using it to protect our heart. But there are lots of things that we do to feel emotionally safe that are outdated and are based on survival um, in a way that we don't have to continue to fight to survive. And it's being able to realize that we are safe and it's being able to realize that we are equipped to regulate what we feel um, even in the midst of lots of external chaos that kind of shifts and moves our internal waters very um, drastically. And so it's not a matter of shutting that out or not seeing that or answering the call of what you feel. Because I feel like so much of Mercury in Cancer is answering the call in an emotional sense, listening to your ancestors, 
through what you're feeling, through your emotional discomfort that you're experiencing, what is being, I guess, brought to shore? What is being brought to shore? What messages are being brought to you that have been awaiting you to answer? And do you feel equipped to answer them? And then the next day after cancer season starts, we have this opportunity to then answer the call with a solar eclipse. My favorite um, eclipses are the ones in which the nodes and the sun moon are in uh, neighboring signs. So we have our nodes in Gemini and Sagittarius respectively but of course this is a solar eclipse with the new moon in Cancer so we have um, the sun and moon um, in Cancer during this time to read from our good friend the spiral of life Dane Rudier wrote that at the new moon, solar eclipse, the future, sun, is blotted out by the past, the moon. While at the full moon, lunar eclipse, the past, the moon, is obscured by the present. This means to us that at each eclipse, some of the Earth's karma is symbolically activated. During a solar eclipse, everything is obscured by the darkness of the moon, shadow, the past or karma, and we are forced to live out a new expression of an old, unsolved problem, gradually bringing it to our conscious awareness. It is important to remember that during the solar eclipse, the dark side of the moon is being illuminated by the sun. Could this mean that the dark side of the soul must be confronted and integrated into our consciousness. Are you ready to answer the call? A lot of people took this invitation to acknowledge that racism is real. (laughs) Within the last three weeks, again, welcome. Hey, what's up? This is the cool side. And so what that means is that there is a very different direction that we have to move forward in. What this means for a lot of people is reassessing your connection to your ancestry and the way that those are people are being honored in your current and existing people. Again, who are your people? Who are your people? And what is your ancestral past? Given your ancestral past, what do you need to do in this moment to not only ensure survival, but also to ensure the possibility of fulfillment in a spiritual sense, right? You're not even being asked to create the end result. You're just being asked to create the possibility of it, which 
means that there is an extreme reorientation that is needed right now. So we have our sun at about zero degrees of Cancer. And again, we have um, Saturn at zero degrees Aquarius. So they are sitting again in aversion to one another. And there is this realization, as I said at the beginning, that our ancestry, our family, the traditions that exist within us emotionally on the level of our DNA are impacting the possibility of the future. So you can even think about what that means in your own life in terms of the decisions that you have to make about you know, your career, um, your friends, your partner. What ways do you have to push to create the possibility of a future um, that is free? And knowing that that isn't an, an easy process, right? And so what do you, is it that you need to learn to be able to make that possible? What is it that you need to release in terms of your beliefs to make that possible? We have already see, said that we think the dark side of the moon represents the contents of a deeper consciousness, which is closely connected with the collective unconscious and racial memories. Interesting. But which up to this point have not been revealed or is not part of our experiences? A really big part of this um, that we're examining is our relationship to women. Some of the themes that have popped up for me are the relationship between women, specifically black women, um, and movement spaces, the relationship between women within the inter women and men within the intersection of the black eye within the black identity. So the relationship between black women and femmes um, and black men, more specifically black cis men. Um, the relationships between black women and non-black women, especially the relationships between black women and white women. So there is, again, when we're thinking about the idea of who are, who are your people, there's context that's needed. I, I thought about this in particular in which I've seen, oh my God, someone had shared this video of like the Red Table Talk. I do not like that show. Let me just put that out there. Um, <laughs> anyway, of Jada Pinkett Smith talking about like, you know, why can't black women and, and white women, like we need to do better. You know, we're both women. And um, I stopped watching when I heard that because I'm like, do you know history? Like what's going on? Um, there's a very complicated and sinister relationship between white women, um, and white supremacy and being people who uphold it. You know, we've seen this idea of, you know, the Karen <laughs> archetype, um, in the news. Like there's literally multiple Instagram pages about Karen's gone wild. Like it's 
it's out of control. Um, and that idea of white women weaponizing their womanhood um, and using the patriarchal framework that has been used to oppress them to then oppress other groups of people. One of the things that has stuck out in my mind the most to really put in perspective the historical relationship between black women um, and white women. So for my mom's birthday, my mom is a Gemini. Her birthday was the 31st. Um, she, <laughs> she made us all watch The Color Purple. And there is a scene in which um, Oprah's character uh, is at the gas station with her husband and her kids. And there is this white woman um, also at the gas station with her husband and her kids. And mind you, this is like set in 19, I want to say like 17. Um, so post-slavery, right? Um, she is like pinching on the kids' cheeks and like, oh, they're so cute and da 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 da, da and like all up in their faces and shit. And Oprah's character is just like, what the fuck, anyway. And the white woman then says to her, you should come work for me. And she's like, what? And she's like, you should come work for me. Like, you should come be my maid. And Oprah's character is like, hell no. And she said, the woman, white woman says, what did you say? And she's like, I said, hell no. And so then her husband approaches them and is like, what did you just say to my wife? And she's like, I said, hell no. And it starts this argument um, in which a bunch, a mob of white people are surrounding her um, in which she is, Oprah's character is defending herself. And I think what happens is she got, oh, she got slapped in the face by the woman's husband um, for saying hell no. Um, and she defended herself and hit him back. Um, this mob of white people attacks her and then eventually someone hits her in the eye with, um, a pistol grip. Um, and she is sent to jail and she spends, I don't even remember how much time in jail. And when she gets out of jail, she is then forced to work for the same woman that put her is the reason that she ended up in jail. And then this same woman has control over when she gets to access her children, when she gets to, you know, visit her family, how she gets to live her life. Right. And so like, it's that it's the mammy archetype it's in gone with the wind you know it's it's in all of these places and so when there is this idea of women and unity of women women there is a very big cultural context cultural and historical context that is completely missing from analysis of um relationships between women how black women are treated and so it is a time in which we are also to really look into, given the direction that we're supposed to be moving in, our relationships to women, you know, what are the relationships to women within 
our families, our relationships to our mothers? How do these, uh, our relationship to birth work, our relationship to motherhood, um, our relationship to womanhood, all of these really big themes that will come into question um, for us. And we're going to be asked to, with the information that we have gained and an opportunity to release a lot of dogmatic beliefs around womanhood, you know, and around what it means to be a woman, to be a mother, um, all of these things will come into question in some way or another um, for each of us um, and within the world stage during cancer season. And so again, there's this opportunity. Oy. Oy vey, I'm so tired. with this eclipse to realize how so much of the past in those areas that I've just discussed is holding us back and how we can begin to integrate this new information and not even new information, but like new, new to us, new to us individually in the way that we decide to move forward to kind of get into it a little bit more. Um, some other things to look at on this day. So again, because Mercury is in cancer, it is this understanding of oh these are some of the the thoughts um and ideas within my own personal uh, framework of looking at the world a lot of what i feel is not even stuff that i feel it's stuff that other people within my lineage have felt um, that I feel the need to defend or keep alive to this day. So challenging yourself um, to work through so much discomfort uh, for the greater good of the world and for the greater good of self, ultimately, right? So this is a season of becoming a lot more emotionally resilient, especially if you're someone who is doing movement work, you will come into this realization that you have to be so much stronger um, than you have been emotionally and finding the tools for yourself that will allow you um, to do that. And I think it's realizing that those things are there. What is it that you need? What is your ribs? What is your parts of your practice that will serve as your ribs. Mm -mm -mm. Again, on this day, there is that Mars sextile to Jupiter. So again, we feel super inspired 
to move in alignment with our beliefs and to fight for what we believe. Um, Cancer season will be difficult because there will be um, quite a few oppositions, especially within the last couple of days, last week of cancer season um, will be relatively difficult. Um, there are no other really strong aspects other than that kinkunx that I talked to you all about. So this, this realization that what you've buried in the past, uh, buried in the past or has been buried that you've recently rediscovered and you will come into, um, realization about, um, is informing the future that you are creating And so being able to even dig deeper than the rage that you feel like there's there's an ask to keep going and keep digging like you're not there yet. Right. To be able to take away what you need to create that sense of fulfillment for the future. To look at the Chandra symbol for that day. Ooh, oh, nice. A ship, on a ship, the sailors lower an old flag and raise a new one. A radical change of allegiance exteriorized in a symbolic act. A point of no return. Woo, girl, look. Like I said, especially given what you know now, you cannot turn back. Like, that, that is what is popping out to me the most is you absolutely cannot turn back. And I think what you'll find is that it will be very difficult um, to, to use this ship analogy to navigate the path forward if you do not make these radical shifts and changes given what you know. You know too much to turn back now. We have now reached a square to the beginning of the cyclic process. This is a moment of crisis, a sharp turning point. In the zodiacal cycle, at the summer solstice, the northward motion of the sun stops. The sun rises and sets as far north of exact east and west as it can during the year cycle. Its motion is now reversed. Slowly, the sunset points southward on the western horizon and the length of the day decreases. In the lunation cycle, from new moon to new moon, this is the first quarter phase. On the ship, which symbolizes the ego consciousness floating, as it were, on the sea of the vast unconscious. The individualized will makes a basic decision. The dominant yang force allows the yin force to begin its six-month-long rise to power. The collective will gradually, the collective will gradually overcomes the individual, and at the end, the state will overpower the person. Now, however, the individual person enjoys his most glorious hour. He exults in his ability to make a free decision, i.e. to act as an individual who selects his life and goal and his allegiance. 
This is the first stage of the 19th fivefold sequence, a degree of symbols. In a decisive act heavy with consequences, the symbolic college youth might realize that he should bring to an end his quest for ideal, the ideal companion and enter into matrimony. He assents to the possibility of progeny, of home responsibility. His consciousness accepts the fundamental process of reorientation, implying the stabilization of his energies. So it's a moment in which there is this profound realization of who you are in the context of this world. Because you know that, because you see that very, very clearly, what will you align with? Who will you align with? Right? Going back to the idea of Harriet Tubman and how she selected her, um, white friends. Let me find this. Consider Harriet Tubman's standards for white friends and collaborators. The only officer in the Union Army, Army, oh my God, um, Union Army she trusted enough to collaborate with on the Kambahi uprising rode with John Brown on Harper's Ferry. She refused to meet with Abraham Lincoln even when he spent a, sent a special invitation for her to visit the White House through Sojourner Truth because she could see that he wavered on his commitment to black freedom and she felt he used her people as a pawn. She had standards and these standards came out of necessity. For years, Harriet was a fugitive. The only white people she could safely associate with were people who were willing to use their privilege to literally stand between her and the law. They were active abolitionists who had already decided it was worthwhile to risk their lives, standing and livelihood in the service of black freedom. She could not afford to be anywhere near white people who had not yet made their decision to live and die for her freedom and our collective freedom. She could not risk her life or her mission in order to politically educate them. She had to know they were on the side of freedom. You have to know that the people that you are with are on the side of freedom. And a lot of times people who are just now getting on this wagon are not that. And that's where the very difficult choices that we will have to make over the next month are gonna happen because Venus is gonna go direct. So we have an awareness of all of the contracts, all of the contracts that we have created with romantic partners, with friends, where we spend our money, where we work, you know, who we collect, it goes on and on and on, right? It's about to be time to start snipping them if you haven't started already or drawing the line in the sand of where where your values are and why your values and belief systems are so important to this direction that you're going into. Some people, um, and I say this to myself and I also say this to you, are a liability to the work that you do. And that's when whatever space that it is, right? We don't all do the same type of work. 
whether it is you're fighting for the environment, whether it is you're fighting for black people, whether it is that you're fighting for women, you have to be willing to draw the line in the sand and determine what your allegiance is. And that's what this solar eclipse is calling us into. You're seeing for yourself where your allegiances lie, especially because of your ancestry and your opportunity to then move forward, move in a different direction, a way to integrate that part of your consciousness so that you can make sure that the flag that you fly is the one that you truly align with. It's time to get serious, right? Is what this energy is saying. It's saying, how serious are you, right? All of the things that we've been talking about for the last, at this point, almost two years. Um, whoa, next week is the two year. So the day that Jupiter, Ju- Venus goes direct is the two year anniversary of this podcast. Yay us. Um <laughs> Wow, I didn't I didn't even realize that. So it's it's knowing knowing what you know, what are you about to do? And so June 23rd to kind of jump around a little bit. Again, Venus is going to go retrograde. Not Venus. Neptune is going to go retrograde into back into Pisces. It's in the um Let me get this correct. It is in the Scorpio Deacon right? And it's going to re-enter the cancer deacon. Um, and so there is this part um, of this journey uh, with illusion will be around seeing some of the, the dark things that have been hidden. But for now, we will have the opportunity as Neptune goes back into the second deacon into the Cancer Deacon to again explore illusions around our traditions within our ancestry. It's time to learn the real history of where you're from, of who your people are, of who you associate yourself with. And it's a process that you have to consciously be a part of and you have to choose to be a part of. This is where you reveal or you move the veil for yourself. Examine these illusions. Examine the ways that you've been deceived or you've deceived yourself. So in some instances, you may find out that there are things that your family lied to you about. In some instances, you may find that there are things that your government lied to you about. There, there are no surprises there, right? But it, it's, it's being able to see all of that, especially in relation to literally everything that we have just learned and experienced over like the last six months. So get ready. It's going to be interesting. Another thing that will be happening on the 25th is that there will be a yod. Um, always one of my favorite aspects. Um, a yod is a finger of God. It is two kinkunxes and a sextile. So there is a sextile again between Mars in Pisces, which is at about 29 degrees, um, and Pluto, um, and oh, and Pluto and Capricorn, which are about at about 25, 24 to 25 degrees. So again, all of that power that, and that you are activating and, and your willpower 
and to to drive and drive to act on the things that you are discovering about structural inequalities and structures um, within our world that are one unfair, two built like that on purpose, three completely unsustainable. Right? It's being able to delve into the emotional responses, the you know. It's more so I think the the things that you feel that you feel in your your bones and some of the the things that you may even fear about this reality that can be very activating for you and you're being asked to use those things to create a sense of emotional awareness around you as an individual. So what does that even mean? So moon is in Leo, right? Moon and Leo, emotional well-being is very centered around how in alignment you are with yourself um, and your ability to honor your individual self-expression um, and your way that you shine um, and show up in the world. Moon and sun will be in mutual reception on that day, right? So they're, they're deeply connected to one another. So all of this really intense energy that has been cultivated around this eclipse is going to echo into the following days in which, again, there is this realization of okay, I need to reorient in this direction. So then the moon says, okay, what do you need for you? What do you need to show up as you as authentically as possible? What do you need to feel? How do we make you feel authentic in your expression? And a part of that is, again, being able to maybe be very angry. Maybe it's about being able to feel very inspired to move and to do something and to fight for what you believe. And so it's being able to see that the things outside of you that you're fighting for, where are the bits and pieces of that that are connected to you and what nourishes and nurtures you? I want to explore the... Um, what's it called? The Chandra symbols a little bit. Let's look at the moon first because it's like the final degree of um, Leo. It's 29 degrees Leo. Oh. Okay, Leo 29 degrees. Ooh, I love. A mermaid emerges from the ocean waves ready for rebirth in human form. Yo, fuck the little mermaid, but you know, this is a good symbol. Anyway, the stage at which an intense feeling intuition rising from the unconscious is about to take form as a conscious thought. The mermaid personifies a stage of awareness still partially enveloped by the ever moving, ever elusive ocean of the collective unconscious. Yet already half formulated by the conscious mind because she has 
a fishtail and a human body. I think you all understand that. Okay, anyway, any creative thinker or artist knows well that the peculiar mixture of elation and anxiety characterizing such a stage will the intuitive feeling fade away reabsorbed into the unconscious or will the inexpressible realization acquire the concreteness and expressible form of a concept or a definite motif in an art form this fourth symbol of the 30th five-fold sequence suggests that the fire of desire for concrete and steady form burns at the root of all techniques of self-expression. An unconscious energy archetype is reaching towards consciousness through the creator as cosmic love seeks tangible manifestation through human lovers. The whole pre-human universe reaches eagerly to the human stage of clear and steady consciousness. It is this great evolutionary urge, this Ilan Vital, which is implied in this symbol of the mermaid seeking human incarnation, the yearning for conscious form and solidity. What you seek through your participation in the movements that you are a part of is an ability to be an authentic version of yourself. And it's really easy for that to get lost in anger and rage and really big things that we're trying to create for the world. And so this yod is an aspect that asks you to find you. Find you in the work that you're doing. Where are you? Can you orient where you are separate from everyone else and where your own unique individual sun shines for a sense of emotional fulfillment that is needed to sustain you through what you are a part of, through what you dare to advocate for, for what you dare to believe, for the ways that you dare to feel empowered. Where are you? Where are you in that, right? And so it's really great that that happens on a day in which Venus goes direct because again, we relationships are incredibly important to human existence, but it can become very easy to get lost in our relationships to things to the point where we use our relationships to things as a crutch or a reason not to change or a reason not to push or a reason not to demand something different or to ask of people to show up in the way that you know that they're capable of, right? And so where are you and where is your individual sense of fulfillment within this fight? What is it that you yearn to find consciousness, a form and solidity, not outside of you, but within yourself, you know? And then subsequently, all of the actions and things that you, know, that you take and do will be in alignment with that. And you will find that what you give and offer to the world is authentically coming from a place of compassion and a desire to care for other people and a desire to provide for other people, to protect other people, to ensure that other people are protected, right? But again, you have to be able to see for yourself 
where you are. Again, what are your ribs? Okay. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much for listening again this week. Um, It has been a whirlwind of a couple of weeks that we have had. And I think right now I want to just uplift um, the name of an activist who we have just lost this week. Um, Toyin. Oluwa Toyin. Salau. Who should still be here and should not be a hashtag. We should not have to say her name. But unfortunately, we do. In addition to that, there have been 120 people that have been killed by the police since the death of George Floyd. And I think it's important to note that this is just starting, that we have a long ways to go, um, that we have to remember that we have to survive. And so a part of that is remembering what we need to do to be able to make sure that the people who stand beside us survive as well so that they can also see this future and can be a part of its creation. If you see a GoFundMe or a Cash App link, centered around protecting um, black women and femmes that are escaping domestic violence, that are home insecure, that need food, that need transportation, whatever it is. Those are things that people need to survive, right? If you can give, give to them so that we don't have to keep telling this story, so that this doesn't have to keep happening. You have to know who your people are so that you know who needs to be protected and how you can protect them. Have you asked somebody what they need and if you can't give it to them, have you been able and willing to direct them to someone that might be able to give it? We know how to take care of each other. Cancer season will remind us of that. And it will also remind us of the ways that we have not taken care of each other. The ways that we have isolated people because we don't think that they are our people. That's also important to remember. I will talk to you all next week. Again, thank you so much for listening. Um, There are a couple of links in the description box of actions that you can take this week um, to support um, some of the work that is being done right now. Um, 
and yeah, we will talk soon.